This podcast is sponsored by both Lucy Pet and Equus Grooming Products. Welcome to another episode of Doc Halgan Unleashed with Joey Villani. Uh, so, Joey, we have a very special guest today, Victoria Lily Schaefer. She works with Mutt Scouts. That's how I met her. She's also a producer, a host, and she has a book coming out in October. Victoria, welcome to our podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Victoria, where were you born and raised? I'm from New York, so also on the East Coast, born and raised in New York. Um, and I moved to LA almost three years ago now. So I'm, I'm feeling like I'm an official West Coaster, getting very familiar with LA. Great. So I, I need to ask a question because, so yeah. comfortable now? Would you come back to New York or are you? Are you or- no, never. I, and I never thought that I would say that. I really, I actually lived out here, moved back to New York. And then when I was in New York, I was like, this is just too hard. I need to go back to sunny California. So same reason I'm sure you moved to Florida. It's all because of, it's the weather. It's the, it's uh-huh. the weather. Oh, it's, I just, I can't, you know, but it's funny because usually people from the East Coast stay on the East Coast, they go down and you went West. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Joey, yeah. come west with us, young man. I just, came, I just came south, you know? I, I, I feel like the mayor already. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Victoria, tell us about, I mean, I know the people that are not watching, but you have a pup in your hand. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah, us. So if you're not watching, I got this cute little scruffy black and tan puppy. His name is Simon. And he just arrived at my house about an hour ago because we're always, we're always, always rescuing at Mutt Scouts. Um, And he has three sisters. He's the only boy. And they're all available through Mutt Scouts. They can be seen um, on our Instagram at Mutt Scouts or on our website, muttscouts.org. And you you mentioned that he was hypoallergenic. Now, Joey, as a groomer, what what what's your take on hypoallergenic? Um, it doesn't exist. You're gonna say it doesn't exist. Oh. It, it don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I know. Uh oh. No, I'm gonna let me. Um, He's gonna clarify. They're dissing you. They're dissing you, buddy. There's breeds that are better than others. Um, so with shedding, absolutely. Um, because I am, believe it or not, very, very allergic to certain breeds, this saliva. Mm-hmm. And it's like my bird. My bird actually gave me asthma. And that was for over 40 years ago. And I remember going to the doctor and they said, you got to get rid of the bird. Well, I got rid of the doctor. I still have the bird. Um, but there's things that you can do. Um, we have treatments that, you know, that your local groomer can give to your pet to um, actually keep that dander down. So don't get rid of your pets. Just you could solve the problem, right. but the shedding is way less. Uh, no, uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's the same thing with with, with all the, the the poodle type breeds, the Labradors go. But you know that doesn't always work because you don't know if you're going to get more Labrador or if you're going to get mm-hmm. more poodle. But doodle, those, yeah, yep. Those those curly coats and 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 a lot of even a lot of the terriers. Um, they're, they're, they're not bad. Now, Joey, when we were judges on Groomer Has It way back when, I remember you telling me 
that you could take a dryer sheet that had been through the dryer and wipe down the cats and dogs, and that helps with allergies. You're close, but not exactly. So what it is, it's fabric softener, downy fabric softener, but not the ultra, the regular. And the mixture is one part fabric softener to four parts water in a spray bottle. And what that does, and it's not going to, a lot of people are going to be worried of poison their pet if you're not. What it's going to do, it's going to hold the dander down. If you did that every week, just put that in a spray bottle. And I'm giving away a secret here because this is an extra dollar charge, okay? That no that we charge. <laughs> but um, you did that every week and just did a light spray, you know, don't saturate. And you can do that for the cats because the cats... There's actually a product out there, and that's it's almost like the exact ingredient, but I'm not going to say what product that is. Um, and it works. It, it works. It keeps you from getting itchy, sneezing, you know, watery eyes, wheezing. Wow. So, Victoria. It's worth it for this guy, right? Yes. That's, that's, that's a, a, see, that's my kind of dog. I like that scruffy look. Look at the right? face. Yeah. I would take, look at that I would face. That guy in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, Victoria, tell us. How did you go to college and what were your aspirations? And then how did you end up in uh, dog rescue? Well, I did go to college. I went to the new school. I studied acting and culture and media studies, though I never really thought I would be an actress, but it was the least traditional college experience I could have. Um, I always wanted to work in entertainment. Specifically, I always wanted to host, um, but unlike most rescue advocates, I didn't grow up with dogs until I was in my tweens, as they call it, um, when I discovered what rescue was. You know, in the early 2000s, it wasn't a trendy topic, rescue and adoption. I just happened to stumble upon this website called PetFinder.com, and um, I begged my parents to get us a dog. Neither of my parents had grown up with dogs. So it was sort of a foreign idea. Um, eventually we adopted our first dog. Six months later, we adopted our second dog. I moved to Manhattan, New York when I was 19 years old um, to go to college. And I felt like I really was missing the dog in my life. So I adopted a uh, Boston Terrier Chihuahua who has had a lot of trauma unknowingly when I uh, saw her photo on again, petfinder.com. And then six months later, I ended up with a Australian Shepherd Great Pyrenees mix. Oh, they wow. told me he was going to be 30 pounds. He's 93 pounds. And that was eight, almost nine years ago. Um, I'm 27 years old now. And I just feel like my life has been enhanced so much through my dogs and through rescue. And I wanted to do more. I moved to LA, as I said, around three years ago, I discovered Mutt Scouts. I felt so connected to these women who are just as crazy about dogs as I am. And uh, that, that's how it happened. And now I never have uh, any less than five dogs at my house at once. Oh, Usually wow. more towards 15, if we're being honest. <laughs> it's hard to say no. Um, so that's sort of the, the brief story, but it has just changed my life. And I've been able to combine my passion for rescue with my 
passion for hosting and entertainment and making content. Um, so that's where I am now, so, writing a book and such. I need yeah. to ask you a question because 50 okay, yes. dogs, who else is in the house with you? I mean, do you have, do you have like a whole tribe of people? It's all me. Oh my God. And, and you keep a busy, that, that busy lifestyle as well. I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very regimented person. Um, probably why I'm still single. Me either the, the amount of dogs or the fact that I like to keep a schedule, but I wake up pretty early. I get the puppies fed, the newborn bottle fed, you know, the distemper as Dr. Halligan treated. Um, and we, I speak with my teammates at Mutt Scouts. We pull more dogs from Mexico. I, you know, edit my manuscript. I film a YouTube video. Uh, luckily, you know, it gives some flexibility working from home for the most part. So I, I keep busy. But during this pandemic, during this quarantine, I couldn't imagine. I, I don't know what people do all day. <laughs> I, need, I need training. Okay, so what I got to do is I need to like get a dose of you if I can inject you into me because there's no, I mean, I try, but I need other people to keep me on track. To, to, and I, and yeah. I can come anywhere close to that because <laughs> just one dog, and Karen, you know, just give you a mm -hmm. fact. I mean, yeah. taking care of one dog. And, and, and I love it because, you know, people like you are, are, are really what what is helping this 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 pet world because there are so You're trying at least there's so many pets out there that are that are that are, mm -hmm. that are just abandoned and have nowhere to go and I don't think anyone knows um, better than this doc here you know what happens to these pets when they don't have people like you around right doc oh yes I I was uh, I don't know if you guys know but I was a shelter vet for 15 years and uh, mm -hmm. boy, it did change my life. I can honestly say that uh, uh, I am a different person having experienced these animals that are uh, in the shelter, nothing wrong with them, puppies, kittens, great dogs getting euthanized because uh, there's not enough homes. And I was not mm -hmm. aware of that uh, until I ended up going through a divorce and needing a change in my life from private practice. And so I, I fell into shelter medicine. And and Victoria, tell us a little bit about your book. I'm an author um, and yes. I know it's a lot of work. Uh, tell us um, about your book. So um, never in a million years did I think that I would be an author. It was an opportunity that was presented to me. Uh, they were looking for more content specifically related to rescue and it was something I could not turn down more because I am so passionate about inspiring other people to adopt and to rescue so the book is um, coming out in October it's being published by Tiller Press at Simon and Schuster um, it will be in all stores Barnes and Nobles and I'll be doing some book book touring it's called pup culture stories mm -hmm. tips um and the importance of adopting a dog um it has personal stories and antidotes from me it has interviews with nikki audette um the mutt scouts founder 
It has interviews with um, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. Uh, Tony Bennett did like an original sketch of his dog for it. Glenn Close told a story. Vanessa Williams told a story. David Letterman told a story. Um, I, I give all my secrets as to how to cut corners as a college student raising two dogs. Now I have a special needs dog, Alfie, who I foster failed. It's expensive how to figure out, you know, what, what, where you should spend your money and where you don't need to spend your money where it's, um, so that's the book. It's, um, all over the place. It, it was very important to me, um, that it would cover all bases. Um, so if you like dogs at all, or you just need a little inspiration, there's a piece for you, hopefully, um, that will make a difference in, in your perspective on adoption. Uh, have you traveled very much, uh, and, and yes. you have, what is your feeling about the status of rescue in the United States versus other countries? It's tricky. Um, you know, in, in the U.S., we certainly have a ton of dogs. Um, Mutt Scouts, we pull from shelters in the U.S. We also pull dogs from Mexico. And we also pull dogs from um, Iran and all sorts of things. I mean, wow. it's, it's hard to say. It, it, it's such a big issue um, that I feel like maybe you're getting at, shall we just focus on dogs in the U.S. versus uh, outside of the U.S.? I say there are a lot of dogs outside of the U.S. that are in really horrible shape, as you know. Um, Dr. Haugen, I think I've seen you maybe four times in the last two weeks with some distemper puppies. Um, and we have that sort of expertise at our rescue. So while we do pull dogs from shelters um, often, so we're able to help that, we also know that we have um, medical care to offer dogs in Mexico and Iran that they wouldn't have uh, accessibility to. So I think um, as Nikki says, it's important to pull, you know, your power breeds, your senior dogs, your chihuahuas, your, you know, all over the spectrum from all different places. If you want to be a good rescue, um, you've got to help everyone. And so um, that's sort of what drew me to Mutt Scouts. We take a lot of dogs that folks wouldn't take. Um, but we also take dogs that are extremely adoptable because that's how we're able to pay for the dogs that need the help. Um, so there's a balance. That's my how long did you answer. Get past? Because, and you said something before, um, you were a foster failure with, um, with, with you. How do you get Alfie, past yeah. that? Because I have four, well, I had four rescue, both dogs. Mm -hmm. um, and they were all supposed to be fosters and ended up with, with all four of them. But, how do you get how do you get over that? How do you get past that? Because that's <laughs> it is hard. So in this last year, I'm almost at a hundred fosters um, since wow. the pandemic began. Um, there, it's a combination. One is it's so much work. It's rewarding, but it's so much work that there's almost a bit of relief when they get adopted. Um, also, I get really close with the families that I vet to adopt um, 
my animals so I know that they're going to good homes and I feel great about that. Of course, it's bittersweet. And how I ended up foster failing is because Alfie, um, he was born with a cleft paw. Um, it's also about an inch shorter than his other three legs. Um, it's incredibly costly to do the x-rays and try to figure out, should we get a brace? Do we amputate? A lot of people out there were not willing to take that risk. They don't, they didn't want to adopt a puppy that could potentially be a three legged dog or couldn't keep up with them on hikes. Um, Alfie is one of 10 puppies that I fostered at the time. And I just was so sick of seeing meet and greet after meet and greet after meet and greet nine times and him not be chosen when I thought his personality really shined through. Um, so I ended up keeping him and I promised myself the next dog that I get will not be a puppy. It's going to be a dog that's not your typical adoptable dog because I have two wonderful, beautiful, healthy uh, rescues already. I did not expect my next dog to come in the form of a puppy, but it just happened that way. And if someone would have adopted him, I would have gladly sent him off to a wonderful home. Um, but it just didn't look like it was going to be an option for quite a bit. There were a lot of questions up in the air. So I just looked at him and I said, fine, you can stay. You can yeah. stay. And he's, he's wonderful. Um, you know, my other two are eight, almost, almost nine. So it's been interesting throwing a seven month old puppy now into the mix. Uh, but it's bringing out a little bit of use in them. And he's like the best foster brother ever. He is such a good, uh, good host to our fosters. And actually the, the puppies you saw the other day, Dr. Halligan, who mm. don't have a mom, he was a bit of a mother figure when they were here. Um, he actually cuddled with them in their whelping box. That's so cute. It's interesting you said that about uh, having trouble adopting him because he wasn't perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was at the shelter, there were a number of times I had to amputate a dog's leg for various reasons and they would not get adopted. So I was doing a TV show on Channel 4 at the time and I would take them on TV and they would all get adopted. But there is a bit of a stigma um, mm -hmm. I think for three-legged dogs or dogs that aren't perfect. And it's, it's a shame because they don't know that they're not perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. No, Alfie is the most outgoing, social, goofy dog ever. He goes hiking with us. Of course, he can't keep up quite as well. Um, and I get stopped 10,000 times every hike saying, I think your dog has something stuck in his paw or your dog is limping. And I just say, he was born that way. He's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. Like, um, I appreciate that they're concerned. Aww, they're concerned, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, we get stopped all the time. People thinking he's injured and he really has no idea. Um, he just has this adorable hobble now. Um, we're still waiting to see. He's getting neutered pretty, pretty soon. We held off a little bit. Uh, for bone growth, uh, and we'll be taking an x-ray then um, when he is getting his surgery to, to figure out what's going on in there and what our next moves are. Um, so I've been eagerly awaiting that x-ray for a while. Um, if it doesn't end up staying the leg, I will love him just the same. Um, but I feel like it might 
day. It's just, he'll just walk weirdly and mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say weirdly, just differently. Joey walks a little weird. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're all a little weird, right? We're, we we're talking about dogs. Um, That's right. We're talking we about love. dogs. I'm sitting on the floor. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got That's a puppy okay. on my lap. You got a puppy on your lap. Oh my I've got gosh! One in my bathroom, one in the laundry. Yes. We're doing some quarantining right okay. now. Yeah. So well, um. Boy, I'll tell you, the, the pandemic, they're saying there's been, what, a 25% increase in pet ownership. And the human-animal bond, uh, I think, is on the rise, which is I a good so. thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's slowing down a little bit for us now that things are starting to normalize. And unfortunately, not quite as much as I expected, honestly, but we do get some dogs returned as life continues to resume. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening and you're going to adopt a dog, make sure that you're committed. Even when you go back to work and, um, you know, COVID is is at its end um, because it's, there's nothing sadder than getting a dog returned. Victoria, have you ever had to not... Um, surrender a, a, a pet because you just were, were sure in your mind this wasn't a good match? When I was very, very young, and I detail this in my book, my parents bought us a dog from a breeder. Whoops! This puppy just jumped off of my lap. Where are you going, buddy? I don't want you to pee on the carpet. Um, um, when I was young, uh, before before I was a tween, I had my parents adopt a dog. They actually tried to satisfy my brother and my little brother and my uh, desire for a dog, and they bought a dog from a breeder. Um, and we did end up returning that dog, and that was very sad. And I don't want to go as far as to say traumatizing, but I remember hysterically crying when this little puppy was brought back. Um, so it happens. I I do sympathize with people when this happens. Sometimes it's out of their control. You know, um, landlords kick them out, or um, you know what whatever else that might be. But I try. I try. I'm starting a YouTube series that will correspond with the book, where I answer questions. And one of the first videos is going to be the top five questions to ask yourself before adopting a dog or a puppy. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's a big commitment. What, what, why did you have to return the puppy? Why did your parents have to return that puppy? My parents are not dog people. Okay. It's so funny to have me as a child. They just weren't ready. My, my brother and I were very young. It was not a decision. It was a decision that they made, I believe. This I'm talking for them, of course. I was, again, young. But I believe they just didn't feel that the timing is right, that it was much more than they could handle with two young children. And considering my father was, was at home for half the week, he was. we grew up, uh, my brother and I went to school an hour outside Manhattan. My dad worked in Manhattan, so... It was just my mom and two children and then a puppy thrown into the mix. Um, it was a lot. So I believe that's why. But 
ultimately, I think my parents just weren't dog people. Now I've completely converted them. Good. Um, my mom, <laughs> my mom is always call FaceTiming me to see the new puppies and stuff. You wouldn't have imagined that, you know, 20 years ago. Um, my mom is Korean American. It's not super dogs aren't super common in Korean culture. I think it's something like a quarter of the population. Um, her mom was very scared of dogs. That was sort of uh, brought up in, in her. So, but yeah, now forget about all that stuff. She loves dogs. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Um, it's funny you should say that about the Korean population because I've been invited, I think six times to go to Korea to judge grooming um, competitions in Korea. And yes. they come, yeah, we do a big grooming event on the West Coast called Groom Expo, and you get a lot of a lot of Koreans, a lot of Japanese um, that come over to compete. They do really well. And um, where, where where I had my school in, in New Jersey was a big um, Korean community, and I have to tell you, they probably and I think I said this on a show not too long ago, they probably treated their dogs better than anyone. Um, they, they, they do treat them like they're children. Oh, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. but, but in the grand scheme, I believe um, it's a smaller percentage than in America. Um, but those who do end up being dog lovers, they are, they are full on dog lovers. I know I've seen some of that grooming work you're speaking of. It's incredible. They're very precise and creative. They're, they're, they're unbelievable. They have, they have great talent. They do a lot of creative stuff over there that we're not even doing here right now. So mm -hmm. I look at some of the work, I'm going, oh, I wish we were doing that here. And, it's, and um, when I went to Japan in 2000 with a girlfriend who was a technician, everybody dressed their dogs up in Japan. And I remember that was, what, 10, 15 years ago. It was very interesting. And I think it started to catch on here. More and more people mm -hmm. are dressing their pets up. Um, so it's interesting in different countries, their relationship or, or their lack of relationship with a, a pet. Mm -hmm. it's, very, it's very unique. And being, yeah. a groomer, being a groomer, it's what I like is the styles because I look at styles from Europe, I look at styles from, from, from Australia, I look at styles from Asia. And the Asian style right now is my favorite style because it's just like us, it changes. It changes, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's, um, the best way I can explain it, it's like putting on a very good tailored um, pair of jeans, and that's <laughs> serious. That's how they groom. Everything is wow. very stylized. It's very mm -hmm. tight in the legs. I mean, great lines, great. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of good styles coming out of, coming coming out of Asia right now with 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 pet grooming. Yeah, I mean, I can even see a difference in the culture a dog culture coming from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yes, The absolutely. dog culture is very different. Uh, I definitely think the West Coast is more dog friendly, more bring your dog everywhere, every restaurant welcomes dogs, et cetera. Grow, you know, my dogs in Manhattan, they weren't welcomed everywhere like they are here. Actually, mm -hmm. they had rules about uh, health code and, um, you know, if you sat outside, your dog had to be outside the barrier in New York. And here the dog is sitting at the table with you. Yeah, it's funny because I noticed that the first time I went to France, I went to France to judge a, a dog show back in the 
late 80s. And in the finest restaurants, the dogs were actually at the table inside. But they behaved differently, I think, because it was it was treated differently. It was it was acceptable that the pet took on that persona where I was saying, wow, if that was in, in, in New Jersey or New York, I don't know if the dogs would act that way. But I think it's because it was so socially accepted that, mm-hmm. they, you know, it, 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 it got sucked into them. That's the best way I can explain it. Well, you know, those studies have shown that people who have pets have a healthier lifestyle. They live yeah. longer. Children mm-hmm. that are born in uh, households with pets have less allergies. And um, they also have, they're just more positive thinking. So pets really can change your life in a positive way. And um, I'm sure. so, I got to tell you, I must say, you know, Joey Villani, you know, I've worked with a lot of rescues and, and not all rescues are created equal. Um, some of them are very difficult to work with. And what I like about Mutt Scout is they're very level-headed. Um, they spend a lot of money at the vets. Um, Dr. Moss <clears throat> gives them a big discount. Um, and so we, have a, of we have a dog every day from Mutt Scout. And, and they- and Literally every day. Every day. Yeah. And what, the, what, what I see with them is they understand the importance of veterinary medicine. Um, it's extremely important with these pets early on to pick up the problems and and you guys go the extra mile to fix the pet pick the pet that no one else would pick um the dog that i think i posted that was missing half its jaw um Mm -hmm. and you know just stuff like that and it's an incredible organization and um joey victoria and i talked about going down to mexico um yeah eventually we're going to do a trip down there we'd like you to join and we'll spay and neuter down there yeah Lorena yeah house and and so I I really am going to get more involved with them because they're a great rescue and um it would be incredible yeah it's important that and and all the professionals that are listening whether you're a um, veterinarian a groomer or anything you really need to give back um to these organizations Mm -hmm. because it's it's very it's very important, especially the veterinary part of it, because you 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 want to have dogs that are healthy and cats that are healthy. We used to um, actually donate our time, but we were a school, so it was easier. So anyone that was part of a shelter or a rescue, they were able to bring the pets to us for free. We would clean them up, and then we'd actually do them again for free when they got adopted. Um, oh, that's so nice. Those people come in. And you know what I mean? It's it 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 just it just helps. Um, it, it helps so much to have a healthy, clean pet that someone now is looking at, and 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 it's a little bit used to people and being touched, and it just makes the difference. Excuse all the noise and the barking and the children, <laughs> and it's never a dull moment here. Well. <laughs> 15, 15 pets in the house. I can, I can definitely. We understand. have how many do we have right now? I think we have four, five, six, seven. We only have nine right now. Oh, Plus, then, <laughs> you know, then I can't, I can't tolerate that noise. Then you know, keep, keep it on the control. Okay. Hey, so Victoria, do you guys screen out your fosters? What's the process? Yes. Of oh, getting yeah. a foster. We devote a lot of time to screening both our fosters and our adopters. Um, so the process goes as you you apply, whether you want to be a volunteer, a foster, or an adopter on our website, mudscouts.org. 
Uh, we get tons of emails a day and it's only four of us going through the inbox. We read through them. Um, we do a home check over FaceTime or Skype or Zoom, whatever. Um, and we go through all sorts of things. Um, our fosters sign a contract. Um, and then, yeah, we start matching foster dogs with their foster home until they can get adopted. We find adopters, send them to the fosters for meet and greet. It's a, it's a process. It's, it's a long process, um, but it's a very important process. Uh, without our fosters, we would not be able to rescue nearly as many dogs as we are able to. Um, so our fosters work really hard. And as someone that fosters myself, I know firsthand how much work it is, um, especially when most of our dogs um, need some sort of medical care, some sort of, you know, they have some sort of trauma etc. Of course, we get wonderful dogs that are ready to go out of the gate, but a lot of our dogs need some time, whether just to quarantine or decompress. Um, and our fosters are there to help them with that. How, how did you get involved in pulling dogs from Iran? So um, that, that is all Nikki. Um, Mutt Scouts has started to develop quite a, a good reputation for uh, a rescue that takes dogs, ill, injured, traumatized, large, small, you know, whatever, um, and find them really great homes. Um, they just contact us, uh, different mm -hmm. rescuers from different places say we have this dog or this dog, we're, we're filling, you know, uh, an airplane with um, all these sorts of dogs, will you how many will you guys take? Mm -hmm. um, and that's how we do it. And I think the most important thing and why we have such wonderful relationships with these rescuers is because uh, we keep them updated. So, you know, we let them know how the dog is doing. And when they're adopted, we send them, send them some photos um, to make everyone feel, you know, appreciated. Um, so I think that's really how we've been able to develop these sorts of relationships. I've only been with Mutt Scouts about a year now. I've been with other rescues before that, but, um, my involvement has been nothing, nothing in comparison to my involvement with Mutt Scouts. Nikki really does it all. She's been doing this for 20 years. So she's got tons of relationships. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's just a bunch of rescuers volunteering, doing this as a passion um, and, and working together to get dogs to safety. Wow. Well, hey, congratulations on your TV show coming out on YouTube uh, and also Thank your you. book. And we'll, we'll have you so on much. again closer to the launch of the book. So we oh, can promote I would love it. to. This is so Absolutely. much fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I we really, Joey and I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, uh, thank you. You know, it's really great what the work that you're doing. And um, we, you have our support 100%. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, guys. Dr. Halligan, I'm sure I'll speak with you tomorrow yes. about another dog. How do we find you? Oh, yeah. oh, of course. Thank you for asking. On Instagram, I am at Victoria Lily Schaefer, L-I-L-Y-S-H-A-F-F-E-R, just for clarification. Um, I'm on most, most social media platforms as Victoria Lily Schaefer website. Uh, Twitter, I'm Victoria Lilly. TikTok now, everyone's doing TikTok. Um, 
and what else? Facebook. Uh, so yeah, you can find me on social media platforms at Victoria Lily Schaefer. Oh, I see it right there. Here Thank it you is. so much. Look at that. <laughs> our great, our great um, producer. <laughs> yeah, and you can find all the dogs I'm fostering. Um, I'm super communicative through um, instant messaging and direct messaging. Um, so I'm always happy to answer people's questions, even if they're not in LA. I typically know of some good rescues um, in other cities. Um, so yeah, shoot me a message. Let's find you a dog and um, just talk about how much we love dogs. Right, buddy? <laughs> That's great. Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you for our great um, guest that we had on today. And Karen, if people have questions, where do they go? Doc and Joey Unleashed at gmail.com. Ask us any question. You know why she said that? It's because every week I can't memorize it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we now we have it on the screen. And thank you to our sponsors lucy pet and equus grooming products because we wouldn't be here without them so we appreciate their support and victoria of course <laughs> thanks so much all right yeah. you guys all right Say we'll bye -bye. talk to you we'll talk to you soon you. okay bye thanks so much bye bye, bye. guys bye